Welcome to Episode 3, Rule Explanation Explained, which serves as the asynchronous work for Week 4 of our Legal Practice 1 class. In this episode, we will dive a little deeper into the second R of track, the Rule Explanation, which follows and explains and illustrates our legal rule that we worked so hard on developing over the first few weeks of class. Here we go. Before we get started, it's important to note that our textbook uses the acronym CEAC, Conclusion, Explain the Law, Apply the Law, Conclusion, rather than track, thesis, rule, rule explanation, application conclusion, which we use here at the School of Law. Our thesis is what the text in section 7.2 refers to as the first C, conclusion, or the issue. That is, the court will, or the court will likely. That's our thesis sentence. Our rule, plus our rule explanation, which includes rules in prior cases, is what the text refers to as their E, explain the law. Then, our application of the law is the text A, which they call apply the law. In our conclusion, the final C is the same as the text. This is section 7.2 of our textbook. And while we're talking about the textbook, be sure to use the practice points at the end of each section or chapter to assess your understanding of the main points of the material covered. This is going to be very helpful as you try to retain all of this information over this semester. Okay, so rule explanation. Thinking back to our week three in-class track PowerPoint, where we were first introduced to the entirety of track, we learned the following about rule explanation. In the rule explanation, we explain all relevant rules identified in our rule statement. This is essentially an explanation of the relevant case precedent It demonstrates to the reader how the legal rule has been interpreted and applied, and it foreshadows the application section. When writing the rule explanation, we always assume our reader has not read the case law. And remember, we do not yet discuss our case facts. Next, how to organize the rule explanation. We do not organize this section case by case like the dreaded parade of cases, but around the rule parts. Starting each rule explanation section with a topic sentence or hook that states a further point about the rule. Then, we introduce a case or cases to illustrate that point and include the following three pieces of information from each case we introduce. 
first are the key or trigger facts of the case relating to the issue. What are trigger facts in the rule explanation? They are the critical or key facts used by the court in the opinion. We can also briefly include any background facts that are necessary for the reader to understand the trigger facts. But we want to keep the trigger facts focused on the element or factor that we are analyzing or tracking. Second, we want to include the court's holding on the issue. Remember to focus on the holding as it pertains only to the specific element you are analyzing. And third, we want to include the court's reasoning on the issue. This is where we, in addition to telling the reader what the court held and what the trigger facts were, also connect those dots to tell the reader why the court decided what it did based on those facts. For example, from Palomar, we could say, the court held that a fist punch satisfied the physical component of implied malice. The court reasoned that the strength of the punch made the act dangerous to life. Another example from Palomar, combining the holding and reasoning into one sentence. The court held that the sucker punch satisfied the physical component of implied malice because the strength of the punch made the circumstances dangerous to life. And remember, here we explain key case law, whether it supports our prediction or not. Indeed, our rule explanation may contain cases with different outcomes. Remember the trick to rule explanation from our week three in-class PowerPoint? When we are discussing a case, we want to focus only on the precise issue we are discussing. That is, if we are analyzing whether Moira's accident satisfied the mental component of implied malice, only focus on the facts, holding, and reasoning from the cases that address the mental component. And a few thoughts on case selection in our rule explanation section. Choose binding cases that are factually analogous and be sure to be aware of the date the case was decided. Include both good and bad cases. That is, do not choose based on outcome. The court can do its own research and you wanna bring cases on both sides of the issue to the court's attention so that you have an opportunity to argue distinctions. And then last, if two cases illustrate the same point, choose only one to discuss in a case illustration for that point. Before we wrap up, 
let's look at an example of the development of a rule explanation. Remember our late paper case from week two? I've put it up on our week four page tab for you to reference here as you listen to this portion of the podcast. So go ahead and look at that now. The rule that I shared with you after you brainstormed the question was, if something beyond the student's control prevents the student from meeting a deadline, the student may be entitled to an extension if the student notifies the professor prior to the expiration of the deadline, or if it is impossible to provide prior notice within a reasonable time after the deadline. The facts and holdings of the cases we had as precedent were case one, traffic problems, no notice, deduction applied. Case two, alarm clock, notice minutes before deadline, deduction applied. Case three, illness weekend before due date, notice half hour before deadline, deduction applied. Case four, traffic accident, notice after deadline, no deduction applied. And case five, death of father, notice immediately before deadline, extension given, no deduction. Remember your case was, the first legal writing assignment was due Monday at 10 a.m. The week before the paper was due, the student's grandmother became very ill and was hospitalized. The student did not notify the professor. The student turned in the paper on Wednesday. At that time, she explained that the paper was late because of her grandmother's hospitalization. Let's think about rule explanation, topic sentences, and hooks in the context of this example. First, how many do we need? Basically, as many to explain the concepts discussed in the rule statement. Let's talk about two here. First, rule explanation paragraph one could start, everyday occurrences that can be reasonably prevented with advanced planning are not beyond the student's control. Cases that illustrate this point are the traffic problems case and the alarm clock case where deductions were given with the traffic accident case for contrast, where the student was rear-ended and in the hospital and could not contact the professor, and there was no deduction. Then, rule explanation paragraph two could start, even something that could not have been prevented with planning may not be beyond a student's control if it happened immediately prior to the deadline. A case to illustrate this point would be the illness case, and ideally another case if one was available. There, the illness occurred just prior to the deadline, and the assignment had been assigned three weeks earlier. A deduction was applied. Okay, that was a little more about rule explanation to get you prepared for our class discussion in week four. 
please be sure to be ready with any questions you may have. This can be tricky, I know. So do not hesitate to reach out to me anytime. And just remember, trust that if you follow the formula, you will be successfully explaining your legal rule with the use of legal precedent in no time. Thanks for listening and I will see you soon.